Do you argue a lot? Do you get frustrated by other people who are obviously wrong? Do you wonder how we ended up in a world where everyone takes sides? What can we do about it? How can we settle our arguments in a way that's fair? Hi, welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart and I get to be the minister here. Welcome from wherever you find yourself today. And if you find this helpful, then please think about giving us a thumbs up or even sharing with your friends. If you want to see more of our services, then don't forget to subscribe. And you can find out all about us at our website at saint ninians stonehouseorguk Today I'm joined by Alan, who will lead us in prayer later. But first, let's listen to some advice from Jesus about sorting out our disagreements. Our reading is from Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. What happens when we don't agree? Or when someone has done something to hurt us? Or we've done something hurtful to someone else? More and more, it seems like the answer is that we take sides and argue. We split into camps and throw accusations and insults at each other. And I get it, I I really do. I like to be right. To be fair, I often am. But even when I'm not sure, or actually even sometimes when I know that I'm wrong, I still want to be right. And that's not an ideal starting point for a discussion. It's an even worse place to begin trying to sort out an argument. Because, well, I've already decided that I don't want to hear the other side. I'm not interested in compromises or reconciliation. I don't really care. I just want to win. We've all been there. But if you know that you can do this, then you can change. Having even just a little bit of self-awareness is helpful. It's hard, it's much easier to be angry. But we can all modify our behaviour. We all do modify our behaviour. We behave differently in different settings. We use different language when we're at work or school to what we might do if we're on a night out or on the terraces of a football match or in the playground. We behave differently when we're trying to impress someone. We hide all our bad habits and bring out our best manners. But life seems to be full of points of conflict. Even the theories of the great sociologists like Marx and Durkheim and Weber, who try to explain our behaviour in our society, often paint it as a conflict between two competing ideas or groups of people. We talk often about our polarised politics, where there seems little space for agreement or common ground. 
conflict resolution is part of training for ministry now. I did my sessions with the brilliant Place for Hope. They work with churches and other organisations to help people to understand conflict and how to navigate through it. The first thing to know is that conflict isn't always bad. Sometimes conflict can be hugely creative. Some of the best ideas and innovations in art have come out of times of strife. I remember watching a documentary about the band Fleetwood Mac and I was left wondering just how they ever managed to actually make any music at all. Never mind their classic album Rumours. The album actually chronicles their descent of their relationship into pretty much open warfare while Lindsay Bellingham was writing songs about all of it, laying it all bare for the world to hear and asking Stevie Nicks to sing songs about their breakup. They all seem to be in a better place with each other now, thankfully, but it's taken them years and a lot of commitment to work it out. Conflict comes in many forms. A reading today well, it paints a pretty straightforward picture of how to fix it. If someone does something wrong, go and tell them in private. If that doesn't work, take a friend or two as a witness. And if that doesn't work, tell the whole church. And if that doesn't work, then they should be treated as outsiders. The word that's used again and again in this process is listening. Listen. Go and speak to them and hope that they will listen. Listen in this case actually seems to mean that the person will realise that they're wrong. Listening is a bit of a lost art these days. As a society, we're not great at it. To be fair, listening is hard. There's so much noise that to cut through all of it, to focus, to really hear what's being said is very difficult. At the same time, talking is hard. I mean, talking about how we actually feel is difficult. And we feel particularly vulnerable when we open up. So we need a space where we can do that safely. This seemingly simple process for sorting out disagreements that Jesus gives us is fraught with potential problems. What if the person doesn't think they've done anything wrong? What if they well, what if they feel that their actions are justified? What if they think that you're the one who should be doing the apologising? Conflict almost always starts with issues of power. I said at the start, I like to be right. That's one of those ego things, isn't it? We want to be seen as smart. We want to be well, the one in the room that people listen to, to ask or defer to. But it can be more than that. We want to dominate. We want to be in control. We want to, well, we want you to believe what we say and do what we tell you to do. The way we see the world is the correct way to see it. Any other way is wrong. If you don't think the same way as me or believe the same thing as me or see the world in the same way as me, then you're obviously wrong. And probably not very smart. But then, there are also things 
to disagree about, things that need to be pointed out and changed. Everyone who's ever gone in strike, signed a petition, written to their MP or picked up a placard and joined a protest knows this. They're in conflict with someone or something, they're joining an argument. And that's not a bad thing, it can be a good thing, a necessary thing. Some things need to change. What's perhaps more interesting and and what our passage today is actually about is that things rarely get changed when we just take sides and shout at each other. For change to happen, we need to start from a different place. Remember those Beatitudes that we keep talking about? Those people who Jesus says are blessed? They include the meek. But that list also includes those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's maybe a slightly more tricky group. People who want things to change for the better can sometimes get sucked into violence because when nobody listens, when horrible things keep on happening to people like you, there can seem like there are very few other ways to make things change. As always, it's a shame we haven't read the whole chapter today. If we had, we would see a conversation that starts with Jesus telling his disciples to sort themselves out. They're asking questions all about their own egos. Who's the most important? And I wonder if Peter has been throwing his newly found status around and the others are trying to get him to pipe down a bit. It turns out that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is like a child. Someone with no power, no authority, no status, no income, no property, not even the right to decide for themselves. Jesus then talks about removing things from our lives that get in the way. The stumbling blocks. Clear them out. Avoid them. You know what they are. Stop putting yourselves in positions where you know that you'll fail. You never gossip. Except when you're with that one friend who is a gossip and you find yourself joining in. That happens in all kinds of situations, doesn't it? We just go along, fit in, leave our usual behaviour at the door. Or what about that conversation that turns into sexism? Jokes about women, or about race, or about sexuality. And we find ourselves knowing that what's been said is wrong, but somehow unable to say that out loud. To help the disciples understand what he's talking about, Jesus tells a story about a lost sheep. The shepherd leaves the 99 and goes looking for the lost sheep and brings it back to the fold. It's a story about helping people to change, to bring them back when they wander off because, well, because they're loved and missed and the shepherd wants to keep them safe. I wonder about the other 99 sheep. They've been left without a shepherd while he's off wandering, looking for that stupid sheep that's wandered off. I mean, surely the shepherd should be looking after us. What if a lion comes? It's not our fault that that one sheep wandered off. He never really fitted in anyway. It's not like we'll miss him. There are still loads of us. I wonder what happens when the lost sheep comes back. Do the other sheep welcome him back or... Or did they give him the cold shoulder? 
So what does that look like with people rather than sheep? Go and sort it out. But start from a place where you've sorted yourself out. Removing the log from your own eye before trying to tell someone else about the speck in theirs. We always assume that we're the one who's been wronged. We're never the one who's upset or hurt someone else. Starting from a place where we all know that if someone comes to you to discuss a problem, they start from a place of love and concern. That's a huge leap forward from telling your friends how horrible someone is or putting passive-aggressive posts on Facebook and nursing your resentment. It suggests that we're all aware that we can be on both sides of this scenario. So it's in all of our interests that we work out a good way to resolve our disagreements. Having rules is great, but working out what to do when people break those rules, that's hard. Doing it in a way that isn't just about punishing people is important. Because just punishing people doesn't work. Look at the reoffending rates of people who have been put in prison. Reconciliation and rehabilitation are just as important. But it's much easier just to send someone away like a lost sheep to fend for themselves. Jesus is setting some guidance for how we can live together in community. And a big part of that is how we'll sort out these disagreements. Their current practice is to punish someone, to send them away when they've done wrong. Jesus is realistic enough to know that it won't always work out. Sometimes. Sometimes people can't or won't take responsibility or make amends or want to continue to be part of the church. But that should be the final option, not the first one. All this talk in these passages about binding and loosing is about holding on to people until things can change. A commitment to work to work together, to work through it, to stay the course, to both take the time to understand each other and to work out how to live together. I talked earlier about how we modify our behaviour. We can choose how to act differently in a variety of settings. We might say or do things in private that we'd never do or say in public because we wouldn't ever want people to see us behaving that way. Wherever we are, even when it's just two people trying to sort something out, God is there with us. And I wonder how being aware of God's presence might change the way that we approach an argument. We behave badly because no one else can see us. But if God is there, not just one of our pals or a colleague or our neighbours, but God, there to witness everything that we say and all that we do. Conflict resolution isn't only focused on making things better, it's, it's finding consensus, a course that's preferable. We all agree a way forward. But we can also agree to live with our differences, we can agree to compromise. Or we can agree to go our separate ways. If the person still won't listen Treat them like a tax collector or a gentile, like an outsider, like someone who the community only tolerates because they have no other choice. A bit like that sheep that wandered off. Except Jesus has already challenged that idea with the way that he brought in the Canaanite woman 
healed her daughter. When he called Matthew a tax collector to be one of his disciples. And the shepherd goes looking for the lost sheep. Because no one is ever too lost. No one's ever too far away. No one is ever too broken or too wrong. Or too strange. Or even too hurtful for God. The shepherd goes looking for all of us when we wander off. Perhaps it's our job to make sure that people, that we, don't wander off in the first place. Just because we can't sort out a disagreement. Forgive 
living God, creator and sustainer of all that we perceive, guide us always towards peace, hope and the promise of a new way of life in your church, a community united in love of you and each other. As we move through the seasons of the year, as we wait for the landscape to change, we are shown the beauty of our world. We give thanks and we pray for the wisdom to listen to experts, to see the impact we have on your awesome creation, that we might unify and make changes now for the generations to come. As our world continues to grapple with the unimaginable loss and pain experienced by hundreds of thousands of families, we pray individually and as a church for compassion and the ability to comfort, support and to have patience and empathy in the grief of others no matter how it is manifested or how long it lasts. As our church seeks its own way forward in a changed and changing world, we pray for strength to build on what is good, to prune what is dead and to find new ways to unite in our mission, to spread your love to the world around us. As inequality, fear and hate continue to plague our society, we pray for the boldness to stand up to the evils of this world, to live the new life promised it and given through our Saviour, Jesus. To turn from inaction to action and to work for justice for all as one body of Christ in the full knowledge and confidence that you are with us now and forever. As we say the words Jesus taught us, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Go into this new week, seeking peace in your heart. Let go of the grudges, the resentments that hold you back, knowing that Jesus loves you and those whom you struggle with. So may God's peace, Jesus' love, and the Spirit's presence go with you in all that you do, and everywhere you are. Thank you.